you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. All right, well, who likes the food court? Yeah, I love food courts. Uh, those of you who didn't stick your hands up, so sorry for you. Uh, there's so much in life that you're missing out on, but a good food court is a good thing. And as we begin this series, it really begins in a food court. And so we're going to be looking at Proverbs 1 to 9, setting the, the scene for what's going to come up in the weeks ahead. But you've got to picture a food court at lunchtime, but this is like a Middle Eastern food court. So you've got to imagine a bit of the vibe. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've been there. But, but there's a, a young man picking his way through uh, all of the food courts, the, the restaurants around him. And there's noise and there's uh, color. There's, you can smell the food. There's spices, some, some of it really spicy that's cooking. And, and as this young man walks along, he gradually becomes aware that there's two voices calling out to him. Two voices that are beckoning him to come to where they're serving lunch. And as this hungry young man walks through that food court, he can hear two, and the voices are very different. There's, there's one on his right, and he looks across. He can, he can hear the voice, and he, he turns, and he sees there a beautiful woman. She's stunningly beautiful, actually, and her name is Lady Wisdom. And Lady Wisdom is running a restaurant, and chapter one, uh, sorry, verses one to nine of chapter nine Tell us what it's like. It says that she's full of grace and virtue. It says she's roasted her choicest meat and she's mixed her vintage wine. She set out a table with its silver and she's laid out a sumptuous banquet. And as this hungry young man looks to the right, he sees this beautiful banquet that's laid out by this beautiful woman and she's saying, come. This is what she says. In verses 1 to 9, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Come to me, the one who lacks sense, she says. Come and eat of my bread and drink of the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight, she says. She beckons, she says, come to me, come. And the young man, as he hears her voice, he's drawn to her, but he hears another voice coming from the other side. And so he turns to cross to look at this restaurant. And this restaurant is very different. It's also run by a beautiful woman. But we're told in verses 13 to 18 of chapter 9 that her name is Folly. Lady Wisdom, Dame Folly over here. And she's loud and brash and seductive. But the food that she's got also smells and looks good. Really sugary or maybe fatty and oily. Not good for you, but it looks good to eat. And she sits at her table, sort of a fast food kind of joint compared to the beautiful uh, sumptuous banquet and the silverware over here. And she says this to the young, hungry young man. She says, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Proverbs opens up chapters one to nine 
The food court, two very different dining options, run by two very different proprietors. And as Proverbs begin, it says that you're all going to eat at one of those. Every one of us is going to choose, as this young man will choose, one or the other. We are all going to eat somewhere. And the two different invitations lead to two different foods, choices, and those choices also conceal doors that lead into two very different destinations. This morning, we start the series in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is a very special part of God's Word. It's part of a genre, a biblical genre we call wisdom literature. It's very different from other parts of the Bible. So um, there's a couple of other books that are similar, the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Job in the Old Testament. The book of James in the New Testament has, has a little bit of this vibe as well. But wisdom literature doesn't talk much about salvation history. That's the story of God working in his people right through like Israel and, and kings and, and all those kind of things. They don't feature very much in Proverbs. No prophets. So what's the purpose then? What's the purpose of wisdom literature? Well, the purpose of wisdom literature, to, to boil it right down, is eat at the right restaurant. Choose the right woman who's running the right restaurant because you're going to choose one or the other. Choose the right one. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, we heard read before, says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Choose the right restaurants. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs is a book that's aimed at you personally. You personally. Uh, you come here this morning and you have choices that you have to make. No exceptions. Each one of us uh, stands and there's voices calling one way and the other. There's two restaurants with two food run by two women and each of us is being asked to choose one of the other. You are being asked to choose about that with your daily needs. The money and the finances, the choices that you are presented with, your problems, whatever they are this morning, we've all got them, how you manage your parenting, if you're a parent, uh, what do you do with your sexuality, uh, how, how do you handle the question of justice in the world, what about your relationships, what about friendships, how do you deal at work? If you're a business owner, how, how do you do that? Those are the kind of questions which Proverbs comes to you with this morning and it says, you're going to choose one or the other. Choose the right way. It's giving you knowledge and discretion. And this book is something that we all need, don't we? Your problems may be different to mine. Some of them will be overlap for sure. But Proverbs addresses to you personally the things that you need. And what, what do you need in this world? Well, in, in some ways, you can imagine like a, a sailing ship going up the northern Australian coast, getting close to the Great Barrier Reef. What, what do you need if you're 
the captain of a sailing ship heading that way. You need navigation. You need guidance because there are reefs there that will wreck your ship. But there are also very deep water channels that will guide you to safety. You and I need wisdom to navigate in this world that you are in. A wisdom that will help us avoid the reefs that will shipwreck us and lead us safely through what is a very complicated world. You don't need to have encountered AI to know that this world we live in is very complicated. It's very different. You and I need a compass. We need a map. We need wisdom. That's what Proverbs will speak about again and again is wisdom. And if you doubt we need wisdom, well, then you just need to come to Geelong, if you're in Wollongong, and walk along the waterfront and look at the bollards, because here's my favorite bollard. She's got something to tell us this morning. There she is. Anyone seen her? Yeah, yeah. She's my favorite bollard. Um, ladies, you should dress like that. Like that that's quite, quite an attractive outfit. But really, I am more interested in the sign that she's carrying, because that is a direct quote from where? Can you read it? Proverbs. Chapter 3, this book, um, this is in full what is quoted in part there. Proverbs 3, verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profits better than gold. Are you getting idea? Wisdom's important. She's more precious than jewels. Nothing that you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So don't take it from me. Take it from the bollards. Wisdom is very, very important. Wisdom will help you choose which restaurant to eat at, which voice to listen to, which woman to follow. But you say, well, is it just knowing more stuff? So is wisdom just getting knowledge? Like uh, school, it's a school class, or like TAFE or uni or whatever learning environment you're in. Is, it just, is wisdom just about learning more stuff? Yes and No. Um, who among the adults here, I hope it's adults only, has seen Oppenheimer? Yeah, a few of us. A very provocative movie about the guy who, who uh, ran the Manhattan Project that designed the first nuclear bomb, split the atom. There's one very interesting... One of the things, fascinating things I found about him was his life. Because in many ways, he made a wreck of his own personal life, if you've seen that movie. Incredibly brilliant. There's one quote about Oppenheimer in the movie that says this, Genius is no guarantee of wisdom. How could this man who saw so much have been so blind? It's a quote about Oppenheimer. Genius is no guarantee of wisdom. You see, learning stuff and learning knowledge does not mean that you'll be wise, according to the book of Proverbs. You can have a lot of knowledge and be an incredibly unwise person in the way you live your life. You can make a train wreck of your life and your relationships and yet have an IQ which is off the scale, off the charts. And alternatively, there have been throughout history some of the poorest and uneducated people who have not had great 
stores of knowledge and yet have been amongst the wisest of people in the practical way of living. So what is wisdom? If it's not just knowledge, what is it? Well, Charlie and, uh, and Dave summed it up for us, really. Wisdom in the Bible is skillful living. Skillful, I use that word advisedly, skillful living. Living in a way, in a world where you have knowledge, you have to have some knowledge, but that knowledge is put into practice in a way that is skillful. Um, then you might say, well, Proverbs is just, is it just another self-help book? It's like the ancient barefoot investor, uh, kind of the, the, that kind of idea. It's just like a whole bunch of all the other books you see in the, in the, in the newsagent or wherever you pass or online, all the books about how to get better at this and that, and Proverbs is just another one of those. No. Uh, and once again, um, Dave and Charlie introduced us to this, this theme by saying, to live skillfully in the world, it's not just a world. The world that you live in and I live in is God's world. God created this world. And there is a, um, Proverbs insists as it begins, that it bookends it. It's, it's um, one of the Hebrew ways of, that you would communicate or the Hebrew writers in the Old Testament would communicate. They would use what we would just call bookending. They'd start with an idea and then there'd be some in the middle, then they'd finish with the idea that close off the bookend. And the point was, you want to know what the big idea is? You look at the start and you look at the end because everything that's in the middle points towards those ends. So in chapters one to nine, chapter one begins, as we heard before, after all of how amazing wisdom is, chapter one says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. And then in chapter 9, it bookends it and it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's not just a self-help book about how do you and I get better at living skillfully because the Bible insists and Proverbs maintains, you can't live skillfully unless you understand who made the world and how he made it. God made the world. And you and I are always going to be seeking blindly, uh, drawing from things here and there and mixing them up and, and trying to find our own way. And we'll, we'll be like a blindfolded man walking along the path. Sometimes he gets it right, sometimes he gets it wrong. Falls off into the ditch at the side. Wisdom begins by knowing and understanding this is God's world. And living skillfully in God's world means living in reference to God. Having God at, at the center of this navigation, as, as we having asking God to, to guide us and to lead us in it, because God has made this world with a moral grain that runs through it. I, I used this a few weeks ago talking about Sabbath. There's a, a moral grain in the universe, and if you work with wood and, and you get you, you just got your bit of sandpaper and you're going to sand a bit of wood, you'll know that there's a grain, right? And if you sand with the grain, it's all good. This is easy. I'm just, I'm just, it's just running so smoothly. But if you sand against the grain, as I've done sometimes, it, it doesn't often end well. You get the splinter right in your finger because you're running against the grain. You're pushing against the grain. And Proverbs teaches us that God has made this world and there's a grain that runs through it. There's a moral grain that runs through this whole world and if you live your life 
Skillfully in the world, you'll, live it, you'll be standing with the grain. But if you live your life without reference to the Creator, without the fear of the Lord, then no matter how smart you are, you'll be standing against the grain and you will get splinters. And Proverbs says wisdom is a good gift from God. It's a gift to you and to me, whether you're young or whether you're old. Proverbs is a gift to you and God wants you to live skillfully. He doesn't want you to get splinters in your life. He wants you to have wisdom, to to live in his world, acknowledging him and following the paths that he sets. Because that's, Proverbs says, sweet. It's good. But there are two voices calling. Proverbs begins, um, it's really a mum and a dad speaking to a young teenage boy going out into the world. And I spoke about the food court. But if you read Proverbs yourself, you'll see there are other things that were being offered besides food. It's very clear as you read Proverbs. There's a young teenage boy and there are things pulling him one direction or the other. For our purposes this morning, we're in the food court. The food at both of those stalls smells good. And the reality is, is that of the two voices calling us, we're all going to eat somewhere. And that we live in a world where many people choose the fast food option. Uh, Many people will choose what looks good, what smells good, and they will choose it because their own inclinations are calling them that way, because uh, maybe as they're going through the food court, there's a big queue at that food (laughs) restaurant that everyone's going there. Maybe it's highly rated. You know, of course, everyone's going to that restaurant at the moment. And it's sad to see because... Dame Folly offers food that's without reference to God. It goes against the grain of the way that God's world has made. And you and I can think of many instances in our society where we are choosing to go against the grain of God's world. And it's not just something that's a a societal lever, it's in our hearts. There's the call to, to live in a way without reference to God, to follow what everyone else is doing. And the Bible says you will get splinters. And in the end, sooner or later, but always in the end, you will discover that the food that you ate, which looks so good, actually is bitter in your mouth. And you pick out the splinters of of your life. But it's not just out in the world. It can be actually in the church too, can't it? There can be an idea that that God uh, is a real killjoy. And that following God is about saying no to all the sorts of good things that everybody else enjoys and just having moral rules and, and, uh, and just living this way and doing this and not doing that and being a moral person and, and being miserable as you go about it because that's what God's into, just making you miserable, making you live in a world and be unhappy. Now, very few of us in the church would articulate it in that way. But sometimes that's how we live. And when we walk through the food court and we see that we think like, that looks so unappealing compared to this. This is, oh, if, and, and God really mustn't, you know, if God really loved me, then he'd let me have that relationship. Or he'd let me pursue that thing. Or he, he'd, if God really loved me, he, he would let me do that because that winds all the way back to the Garden of Eden, doesn't it, remember? Um, right at the beginning, God says to Adam and Eve, everything is yours except that, don't go there. And what do they do? They look at it because it's good for food. It's pleasing to the eye. And then what does Satan, the the serpent, say to Eve? 
oh, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because if you did, you'd be like him. He wants you to miss out. He he doesn't want you to eat eat over there because if you did, then you would be so amazing. Life would be so vivid and technicolor. So you've got to go, and, and Eve, what he's saying is God doesn't really love you. He doesn't want what's best for you. And sometimes even in the church, um, the the book of Proverbs says that it's a silver banquet service. This is the most amazing food, roasted meat. That that, that appealed to me. Roasted meat, vintage wine, it says. But we're drawn to the fast food option because we think that's that's somehow going to meet what we really need when this is the true food. God's not a spoil sport. He wants us to live with the grain of his world skillfully so that we enjoy the food that he's made to the full because God loves us. Uh, Proverbs has been a very special book to me over the years personally. Um, I, I first read it, I think, when I was 17, when I was that, that teenager going out in, into the world and a complicated world, different choices. And that, this book has been very sweet because it, it tells me that there's a, a passage, I don't know if you've, it speaks about alcohol. In Proverbs 23, 31, it says, says this, Do not look at wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent. It stings like an adder. Uh, as a young 17-year-old, not just in reference to alcohol, but, you know, it sparkles, it looks enticing. It goes down smoothly. Uh, Dame Folly and her, and her restaurant, you know, you, it'll taste good as you eat it. But like Proverbs speaks about wine, you gaze at that, you let that rule you. goes down smoothly, but it, in the end it bites. It poisons like a snake. So the young man is faced with that choice. He's got to choose one or the other. You and I are faced with that same choice today. Every, there may be something in your life right now where, where you can hear the call of Dame Folly and you can see how attractive that restaurant looks. And Lady Wisdom is saying, don't do it. Come and eat my food, it's way better. Find wisdom, find understanding, find me. Um, in the, it's the choice that's presented to all of us. In the Old Testament, it's, there's a point when the people of Israel are entering the promised land. You, you might remember this. It's in the books of um, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And they're coming into the, into the land and, and, and God tells Moses to get the people to, before, before they've entered it, to stand on two different mountains, Gerizim and Ebal. And you might remember this. And then some people are designated to go on Ebal and others on Gerizim. And one group on the mountain is told to pronounce curses. Curses if you eat at that place. These are the curses that will come and the others are calling out blessings, blessings if you eat with wisdom. Choose one or the other and then the scripture says, choose life. Choose here, don't choose there. And things in the New Testament don't change. The New Testament has a lot to say about wisdom. And it tells us that wisdom is ultimately found in a man who was God. True, skillful living in this world is found in Jesus. In his life and his death, his resurrection, his ascent, it's found in Jesus. Jesus' wisdom with 
skin and bones. His wisdom in, in the flesh. Um, Jesus himself says this. In Matthew chapter 12, he's speaking as he's preaching and he says this. He says, The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and will condemn it. Because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. And see, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus says, someone wiser than the one who wrote the book of Proverbs is here. Someone greater in terms of wisdom is here. And it's me. Jesus says, listen to me. The New Testament speaks about Jesus as the, the personification of wisdom. Colossians 2, 20, uh, uh, verses 2 to 3, Paul says, I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself. Listen to this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, all the way to live skillfully in this world, to run with the grain, is found in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. Now, in the Old Testament, it tells us that you will fear God and keep his commandments if you're wise. The New Testament says, if you are wise, you will follow and listen to the words of Jesus Christ. The beginning of wisdom is to trust and follow Jesus because people who walk with Jesus are living according to the grain of this world. Jesus sums it up, Matthew verse 24, and he says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock a wise man is eating from wisdom's rich table but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Eating from Dame Folly's table. Jesus says, if you're a fool, you'll listen to my words, maybe. You'll, you'll just think they're Sunday talk. You'll go away and you won't apply anything that you hear. But he says, the wise person hears my words, puts them into practice and lives skillfully in God's word. So as we close, you and I, we're presented with a choice every day. Every day as we go to work or we go to school, every day you and I are presented with the choice to listen to Jesus and to be wise, to eat at that sumptuous banquet or to choose the easy way, the way that everyone else is going, the broad way, the way that leads to destruction. And only you can choose. If you're a young person this morning, you're a child, only you can choose the way. Your parents can't choose it for you. 
If you're a person now who's an adult, only you can choose. Proverbs makes it very clear. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 12 says, If you're wise, you'll be wise for yourself. But if you scoff, if you're a fool, you alone will bear it. But the good news this morning is that God doesn't leave us alone. Uh, The Bible teaches that God gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. The presence, the richness of God himself. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living within you, is guiding you how to live wisely in a world that is so complicated and so complex. That you're not abandoned, that you're not alone going, I wonder which way I should turn and which restaurant should I eat at. The Holy Spirit lives in you and not only points you the way to go, it gives you the power to do it. It's a beautiful promise. And, And the Holy Spirit also gives to you God's word. And in this next week's in the book of Proverbs, you and I are going to go in and this is going to be immensely practical. We're going to look at all of those things that, that Proverbs speaks about, about how to parent, how to have friendships, how to, how to be uh, wise in business, how to be careful with your money. All of those kind of things, we're going to be diving in and looking at them together at Proverbs. Because God doesn't leave us alone. He gives us his spirit and he gives us his word. I hope you're excited about the next week's. I am. I think this is one of the most immensely helpful passages of God's word where he's going to say to you and I, choose wisely. Eat the good food that will make you thrive for all of eternity. Turn away from that food there which will poison you. Listen to the call of Lady Wisdom. Follow me. You've got the Holy Spirit, but I'm also giving you this book of Proverbs to help you in that. It's a good journey ahead. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, invite the band up. And then we'll keep rolling on as we serve God now and in the weeks and months ahead. Let's pray. Father, would you please um, this morning help us to be wise? This world is so complicated and uh, many people go ways and choose things which are not good for them and run against the grain of your world. Lord, we want to, at, in our church, we, we want to, in our lives, we want to choose you. We want to be wise men and women and children in a world that has got so much folly. And so as we look to you, we pray, Lord, that you would do what it says, that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask and God will give richly. So I think we lack wisdom, Lord. We, we need more of your wisdom. So would you give it to us as individuals and as a church and would you guide us so that we might dine at your banquet table now and for all eternity when your kingdom comes in its fullness. So bless this series, Lord. Help, it, help us to grow, or use it to grow us, we pray. Because we want to follow you, Jesus. The one in whom all wisdom and insight dwell. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.